Hi, this is Amber and welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. The podcast channel is Sacred Space Healing. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify where you can subscribe. Uh, I am a Reiki master teacher, shamanic practitioner, energy healer and coach and I've been running my own healing practice since 2007. My work is primarily focused on core wound healing, life purpose alignment, one-to-one coaching, sacred union sessions um, and uh, abundance sessions. The website again is sacredspacehealing.org. So hello and welcome, thank you to everyone that listens in and also for all your lovely messages of support and your donations. If you'd like to donate to the channel, you can head over to the website, there's a donations page there. All your donations go back into creating more free content. I don't have a marketing agency behind me and I don't have someone who's silently kind of tugging at my strings, getting me to talk about certain things. So as an independent, um, all your donations are very gratefully received and also they keep the channel free so as many people as possible can access the information. Uh, So that's sacredspacehealing.org. So, hello and welcome. Um, I apologise for having a bit of a gravelly, crackly throat today, but we're going to get through. Those of you that listen to these podcasts know that um, I don't edit them, so it's it's all one take, basically. So if I have to stop to take a sip of water or to cough, you'll probably hear that in this um, recording. But that's what will be happening. I like to keep it in one take because it's as if we were in the room together having a conversation. I like to keep it real. So on the topic of keeping it real, in today's podcast, I'm going to shine a light on shamanic healing and shamanic practitioners um, and just give some suggestions on things that can assist you in finding the right healer and a bit of background information as well. Uh, I said at the start of the podcast, I'm a shamanic practitioner. I am. I'm trained in shamanic healing. I've trained in soul retrieval, spirit extraction, curse unraveling, depossession work, uh, space clearing, uh, certain aspects of land clearing and ancestral clearing. Um, I trained for, well, for over five years uh, in this land with teachers from around the world and also trained with certain plant medicine. Um... And then I practiced as a shamanic practitioner for a good number of years uh, in this country. I didn't ever do, I think I did a couple of distance or online healing sessions, but all my work was in person. And then around 2014, I uh, retired really (laughs) from shamanic healing for lots of reasons. And I think that'll either be covered in a separate podcast or I will cover bits of that in this podcast. Um, I believe that shamanic healing is incredibly powerful when done with integrity and when the practitioner is clean and their energy field is clean and they're channeling pure source energy. It's not always for everyone. So the path of being a shamanic practitioner isn't for everyone it's quite an unruly chaotic path and the energies that you sometimes deal with are very intense and also the healing isn't always for everyone shamanism has become big business and I think it got infiltrated quite a few years ago Um, I was starting to certainly see a weird energy around shamanism, around 
2013, 14 and 15. And then I'd left it by then, I'd left doing the work. One of the things that made it big business was these um, mind, body, spirit festivals that happen. And, you know, I remember going to one of those mind, body, spirit festivals decades ago and loving it, you know, just wandering around like this lost soul that I was at the time, looking for something in my life and buying that beautiful crystal, that pendulum, and having an aura reading or, you know, having that smoothie and feeling like in some way I'd done a good thing for my soul, that I was, I could heal by this, you know, holding this crystal or, um, you know, if I, if I went and had that colour ray healing, that my life would change. And, you know, these are all things that we do when we're on our path and we're starting out and we're, we're in pain and we're trying to make a change in our life. Like we, 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 in this very naive way, go to things that aren't really based in truth. But we hope that we're either going to meet, you know, the diamond in the dust or we're going to meet a lot of charlatans, but hopefully along the way we'll find the truth as well because in amongst the lies there's always a kernel of truth and then many years later I saw that these mind body spirit festivals became about uh, shamanic work so there were people there doing ancestral healing circle work drumming on stage and it was the most random ridiculous thing to kind of see a bunch of people standing on stage with head mics drumming it was just it was just nonsense it was like what is this is this a is this entertainment is it you know is it light and you know and then there's people like in the audience going oh I'm really deeply moved by that healing and there wasn't much healing going on like it was all facade it was all show um I can say that because at one point I was one of the people on that stage um thinking that it was a good thing to do uh, I got roped in assisted some people and then as I was on that stage suddenly realized oh my god this is total bullshit like this isn't why are we doing this this is all bullshit um and the idea that you take something as sacred as the drum and the calling in of the spirits and the directions and you do it on stage for money is just the most toxic thing I think that one could encounter and so for me that was I was starting to be the death of shamanism and then of course I continued to see healers do very suspect things um, along the way and it and it became about shamanic practitioners wanting to save the world you know wanting to be the next big we're going to be the next big people that bring Plant, plant medicine to the West, or we're going to be the next big people that do ancestral healing, or we're going to be the next whatever. And it's just not how shamanism works. It's not, it's not how healing works. It's not how shamanic healing works. I've said in other podcasts that in shamanic healing, you need your community around you holding the space when you're doing the healing work, but there's such delicacy to it. But there's also madness and chaos to it, really. And if the practitioner is not keeping their channel clear, if their space isn't clear, if they're doing drugs, if they've got unresolved trauma in themselves, if they've got unresolved issues in themselves, the spirits, if you like, will take advantage of that and manipulate the healer 
and the healing will not be a healing. If anything, it will be more like a curse. So I stopped for lots of reasons. I stopped being a shamanic practitioner mainly because I felt a few things. I felt that it was hard to do really powerful work in a city with the way that things are set up with treatment rooms and clearing the energies and you know I wanted it to be a hundred percent I didn't want it to be beneath a hundred percent and I wasn't going to just take money off my clients and then do half a healing which is what most shamanic practitioners do these days you know I wanted it to be you should never come back and see me again unless this is really deep-seated stuff or come back in a year's time um, and thankfully that happened with a lot of my clients that the healing was so powerful but it took a real toll on my well-being and my health and my energy levels as well. And what I was also seeing was that because shamanism was starting to become trendified, you know, stick a feather in your hair, call yourself rolling seven wings, butterfly, beekeeper or something, you know, people were just giving themselves names. They were appropriating customs. And because there was a lot of that happening, um, the people who were coming for healing didn't really have real reverence often for the work. So they weren't doing their rituals, they weren't doing their homework, they just wanted a quick fix. And so I stepped out and just thought, you know what, this isn't for me. And I was also getting really disillusioned by the number of people who were appropriating customs and traditions. I remember once going to Glastonbury and stumbling across a ceremony that was happening by someone who was proclaiming themselves to be, you know, one of these names white running wing buffalo seven bees bird or whatever you know she'd given herself a name and everyone was like you have to go to see this woman she's amazing so she was doing this ceremony and it was kind of amazing but also kind of filthy as in the space wasn't held there were spirits and energies everywhere I got very sick afterwards not a particularly clever thing for me to do but, you know, when you're naive and you're on the path and you think everything is beautiful and love and light, you just throw yourself into experiences like a fool. Anyway, later on I came back and I stumbled across something where a load of indigenous peoples were up in arms saying, you know, this woman has stolen our traditions. She was never given this name by any of our elders. She's stealing our customs and she's making money out of it. And all of you people are giving her money for these ceremonies. And her ceremonies were expensive. Like if you wanted her to do a ceremony uh, in your space or to perform on stage somewhere, she was charging a lot of money. And that was the beginning of me realizing that a lot of texts and books that were out there were not even the real deal. And that traditions were being stolen from indigenous peoples by the white man and then sold for huge amounts of money. So not only was there an abuse happening of indigenous cultures and traditions, but also, you know, what was happening was lacking in authenticity. But, as I say, I still really believe in the power and the efficacy of shamanic healing when it's done with integrity. So, I think it's a topic for another podcast, really, to ask the question, you know, has shamanism, is Western shamanism dead? Because I think it is. And have our shamanic healers gone cray-cray? Because I think they have. I think they've disappeared up their own proverbials and they now feel that they are doctors or gods and they call the shots and they, they've disappeared into ego. It's quite rare to find a shamanic practitioner now who isn't so consumed by their ego. And then they feel that, you know, oh, I go off and I travel the Andes or I've gone off and trained with so-and-so or 
gone off and trained with blah blah and they feel it sort of gives them a legitimacy to charge huge amounts of money but also treat their patients really badly I mean really badly so here are some things to look out for I have no vested interest in sharing this because I don't do shamanic healings anymore so it's not like I'm trying to take business away from anyone and it's not business I believe that you find the right healer for you sometimes it's harder to find the right healer for you but you find the right resonant match um, and hopefully they're working in the light so the number one in no particular order actually uh, ask your shamanic practitioner who they trained with who were their teachers how long did they train for and where did they train now that's not going to mean anything to you if you don't know much about these teachers so the next thing to say is to do your research on these teachers and really do your research including putting their name in and then putting false or plastic shaman or fake and just see what comes up so you can make an informed decision some of these teachers who have been teaching for unfortunately quite a period of time are not in the light and if you dig you'll find that there's a lot of indigenous communities up in arms about what they're doing You'll also find that there'll be a lot of people out there saying, this person is a charlatan, they've taken our money, they've abused us, they've crossed boundaries. So do your research. I mean, I think a few years ago, a very well-known shamanic practitioner and medicine ceremony holder passed on, who was known for abusing people in circle. Um, Oh, it happens so much in shamanic work. Boundaries are crossed so disgustingly, not only energetically, but physically. So do your research um, and then make an informed decision. Ask them how they work. So are they going to do a diagnostic journey before your session? They should really do that so that they can get an idea of what the guidance is for the healing and they can set you some rituals before the healing or some homework. But they may not... Chances are if they're winging it on the day, it it could be a bit chaotic. As in, think about it this way. You have a long-standing thing that you want to address. There is a pattern in your life that just never seems to clear, and that shamanic healing can be really good for this because it could be ancestral or it could be a curse or it could be extraction work that's needed or soul retrieval. And, you know, your, your every day is different. So you have some days where you feel great and some days where you don't feel great. And for example, this day that you go for the healing, you're not feeling too bad. You know, you're, you've did, you did your yoga, you did your juice cleanse and you're in a very different space. It doesn't mean that the thing that you want to address has gone away. It just means you're having a better day. And if the shamanic practitioner just works on you, just in terms of what's in front of them right now, without any backstory, you're never going to address that root cause. In indigenous communities, people regularly go for healing. So things don't get deep-seated. But in our culture, we don't do that. So things do get deep-seated. And that's why the diagnostic journey, even though it is a practice of core shamanism, is actually really important. And indigenous shaman will do it anyway. They'll just do it in a different way before you come for your healing. They'll get guidance from the spirits. So uh, ask how this practitioner works. And get an idea for what might happen in the healing. Of course, the healing will go where it's directed, but get an idea, you know, what's, what's coming up to be addressed. Have a look at this practitioner's website. 
How is it put together? Is there care and attention given to it? Is it cobbled together? Is it dated? Um, is it very bells and whistles? Or is it so confusing you can't even find the contact button? All these things are telling you about the individual state of mind. Who's going to give you this healing? Yes, they could have got a website designer in, but even that tells you where they're at. I think it's pretty easy to suss out when the practitioner is just wanting money. You know, when they're in it for the money. Shamanic healing is big money. And at a time when I was working as a practitioner, the pre predominantly the majority of my work came from shamanic healing. So when I walked away from it, it was a 50-60% cut in my living wage. It was just gone. But I knew I was doing the right thing because it didn't it was losing its integrity for me and I developed a different way of working. Um and I've never looked back. So have a look at that website. What's it telling you about the individual? Um how much of their personal story have they shared? They don't have to, but it's interesting to sometimes get that information as clues. But also, they're trying to sell you something. You know, are they like, buy now, buy now? Are they asking for payment in advance? No shamanic practitioner I have ever worked with in over 20 years, apart from one that I crossed paths with, has ever asked for payment in advance. It doesn't work that way because the premise of shamanic healing is if there was no efficacy for the work, if you get up off that treatment table or off the floor and you go, do you know what, that didn't work for me at all, you don't have to pay the individual. You know, shamanism is based on this idea of the exchange of energy. So if you're grateful for the healing, you're going to give thanks. If you're not grateful for the healing, the healer's not going to like tie you down and demand money from you. They're going to say, well, I failed in my job. Okay, bye. But as it became big business, people are now doing very suspect things, like asking for payment in advance. Personally, I run a mile when people do that um, for shamanic healing work. I do ask for payment in advance for the Life Purpose Program and the Core Wound Program and so forth, but there are very different reasons for that. Um, that is all about setting strong intentions. Uh, and also because the majority of my work is all online, so you kind of have to do that. But um, shamanic healing should not be asking you for payment in advance. It's payment after the healing. Uh, so, so look out for that. Look out for someone who is telling you about the magazine article that they were in or the, you know, the newspaper review or the, um, the, the interview that they did for TV. None of that's relevant. None of that tells you that they're a great healer. Look out for people that are telling you all the celebrities that they've worked with. Again, that doesn't make them a great healer and it doesn't make them right for you. Look out for people that are sort of really caught up in, I trained with this teacher and it's all about their teacher. They haven't grown, they haven't made the work their own, they're still under the influence of their teacher. Look out for people that, um, that, that there's inconsistency in their messaging to you. So they message you and they say, oh yeah, let's have a chat on WhatsApp and we can talk about this, kiss, kiss. So inappropriate, a thousand boundaries being crossed, left, right and centre and everywhere, not professional. I mean, unless you want to have a healer like that, I wouldn't give someone my soul for that healing. Look out for someone who's consistent. You know, dear so-and-so, or hello so-and-so, this is what I charge, this is how I work. They're polite, they answer your questions. They're not just quickly ushering you over to buy um, a shamanic healing with them. Shamanic healing is not something that can be treated like any other form of healing. It's not a quick 
sound healing or a quick distance Reiki or a quick, you know, um, tarot reading. It's not like that. It's so much more powerful and so much more delicate. And it needs to be handled with so much more integrity than it is being handled with right now. So these are things to look at because they tell you about the practitioner. Keep digging, 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 digging with that practitioner. You know, it has to feel right. It has to be the right fit. Because if it's not the right fit, if they're under the, um, the domination of their teacher, their teacher is working through them on you, magically. Um, if they're not clean, if they're taking drugs, if they have um, alcohol issues, if they have issues with other forms of addiction, if they're not really in their right mind, they're not going to be the right healer for you. The work will cause more damage than good. And in actual fact, it does cause more damage than good. I've seen it time and time again. I've experienced it. I've been on the receiving end of it from dodgy healers. But I've seen it so often. Um, and more than anything, it's a waste of your time and energy. You know, sometimes people say, oh, I went to a shamanic healer and I said, and, and I didn't feel anything. Nothing really happened. And I said, well, what, what happened? You know, what was the process? Oh, we got there and they took me into their garden and they got me to do and um, throw some stuff into a fire. And they said that that was the healing. And I'm thinking, well, it's not the healing. It's a ceremony. It's a fire ceremony. It's great. But that's not the healing. You know, they basically took your money and ran away laughing. You came to them with something really profound that you wanted to heal. And they didn't deliver. And a lot of times these healers are not delivering because they can't deliver at that level of power. And they know it. And rather than walk away and say, I can't do this anymore, they either start teaching online um, or running, you know, circles or create a mishmash of stuff uh, that they start selling or they keep pushing it, but they're not really doing the work. The final thing to say is look out for if they're doing shamanic work online. You can do it distance. There are ways of doing it. It's always better in person um, with shamanism because of the drum and the rattle and the extraction work and the soul retrieval. But it can be done at a distance, absolutely. Um, I think it lacks some power, but it can be done. But look out for people who are teaching shamanism at a distance because for me that is probably like the biggest red flag. You can't teach journeying, soul retrieval, spirit extraction, any of this stuff uh, online. You'll have to be there in circle with your teacher for lots of reasons. Um, the space has to be held. The, the land will hold you. The elements will hold you. When you take all those things out of the equation and you don't have the land holding you and you don't have the elements holding you and you don't have that synchronicity that happens when you're out in nature, because that is all part of the healing, what you're left with are empty practices and empty rituals. So really look out for that. If this practitioner is doing, you know, learn to journey online, you're not going to learn to journey online sat in your room while someone is drumming through Zoom it's not the same experience, the sound quality is not the same, you haven't got that space held for you in the same way, they can't monitor what you're experiencing, it's a money-making exercise. So really, really, really look out for that, because that for me is a massive red flag. Like I say, shamanic healing is profound and life-changing, when done with integrity, and now more than ever we need it, people need it, but please choose wisely because your soul 
needs you to. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Wherever you are on your journey, I wish you much joy, love, peace and abundance. Until the next time.